Biblical studies is one of the fields you can choose to go into as you go deeper and deeper into your seminary training. Today we're going to take a look into biblical studies, specifically into the Old Testament. We're going to talk about why it's important to study the Old Testament, to study the original languages, and also take a look at something you've probably never seen before in the Third Commandment. Welcome to the Seminary Support Podcast, where you will find help to start, finish, and get the most out of your seminary experience. I'm your host, Mark McElreath. Recently, one of our listeners sent me a message, and they recommended I listen to another podcast that talked about biblical studies. I want to give a shout out to Dan. Thanks, Dan, for sending the podcast to me. And it comes from The Bible Project. Now, The Bible Project is an online uh, really, it's a it's a nonprofit that creates videos, articles, and they produce some very high quality material. I have watched a number of their videos, specifically on themes of the Bible or particular books of the Bible. I don't agree with everything they put up. I do think they have some very helpful things in visualizing particular parts of the Bible. They don't necessarily take the same stance I do on the text uh, that's used and some things like that. But I think they do have some helpful material. They do have a podcast as well, the Bible Project Podcast. And so our listener sent me uh, or recommended I listen to a recent podcast from the Bible Project. I don't listen to them regularly. I have listened to some of their things. And it was a take on the Third Commandment and specifically looking into the field of Old Testament studies and into the Hebrew Uh, which I had really never done before for the third commandment. So the third commandment is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Now when you hear that commandment, you automatically think, okay, I know exactly what that means. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. But in this episode of the Bible Project, They specifically look at what does it mean to take the name of the Lord. Now, when we think of taking the name of the Lord, we automatically think of using the Lord's name in a vain or empty way. Uh, Some people have put it this way, that it means his name is on your lips, but it is not on your heart. Uh, We may, or you may hear someone say, or you may say, oh my, and then use the name of the Lord. And that's misusing it. It's using it in a vain way. I've heard of a coffee shop called Jehovah Java. Now, Jehovah is the Old Testament name for the covenant-making, covenant-keeping God of Israel. He's the God who makes promises and keeps promises. In fact, the name Jehovah, or Yahweh, as it would have been said in the Old Testament, was so precious and so holy that if someone was reading Scripture They would not audibly say the name Yahweh. They would replace it with the name Adonai, which means Lord. So they would not even audibly speak this name. So to use it in a way to say Jehovah Java or the God of coffee is just a a flippant and empty way of using his name. And so we've heard these. So we understand his name is precious. And within this principle of not taking his name in vain is encapsulated the idea of, of using his name properly. But I believe it actually goes further when you look into taking the name of the Lord. Now, I want you to hear this portion from the Bible Project. In fact, this is from March of 2020, earlier this year. And they're interviewing, so there's two hosts, two men that host the Bible Project podcast. 
They're actually interviewing a professor of Old Testament named Carmen Imes on bearing God's name. I want to hear, I want you to listen to a couple of portions of that, and then I want to discuss uh, my take on it. And I think it's a very interesting take on the third commandment and really shows the, the importance of studying the biblical language and digging deeper into God's word, really understanding it. Here's the portion from uh, March of this year on bearing God's name from the Bible Project. Um, So it's the command not to take the Lord's name in vain. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, Carmen, I don't think this is about how we speak the name or the the use of the name in speech. A lot of people take it as as, um, a prohibition of speaking Yahweh's name or of speaking it in certain contexts or in certain ways or of using his name in oaths Mm -hmm. or in magic or... Cussing. Yeah, yeah. Right? In yeah. in our Good old fashioned cousin. <laughs> yeah, taking God's name in vain usually is. I mean, English speakers think of that as you're driving down the freeway, somebody cuts you off, yeah. and you're not supposed to say "oh," mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. and yeah. fill in God's name because that's disrespectful. So Dan Block said, Carmen, I don't think that's what's going on here because in Hebrew, it's "you shall not lift up or carry the name of Yahweh your God in vain." There's no speech mm-hmm. specified in that. In that verse, and I said, "Oh, that's fascinating. I want to hmm. dig in." So, yeah, my dissertation was a full-scale investigation of that command from every angle that I could uh, imagine. I think that the command is telling the Israelites not to misrepresent Yahweh. Hmm. So, at Sinai, they're at Sinai, and Yahweh reveals His name to them, hmm. and He chooses them to be His own people. Hmm. And in, in doing, by doing that, or the way he does that, is by placing his name on them, sort of invisibly. It's like an invisible tattoo or a brand where he's saying, you're mine. Just like if you wanted to say, you know, pick your favorite backpack or something that, that it's yours, you might put your name on it. Mm. We put our names on things to claim ownership. Mm. So at Sinai, Yahweh puts his name on his people to claim ownership of them. Mm. And therefore, they're not to live in such a way that his name is brought into disrepute, that his his reputation is negatively affected. So it's very broad. It's much broader than the other interpretations. It's not, um, it's not just limiting what people say or when they say it or how they say it. It affects every part of how we live. I want to say thank you to the Bible Project for allowing us to use that portion of the podcast. And you can find more of their resources at thebibleproject.com. Now, as we think about what has been said there, I started digging into that because it kind of blew my mind, to be honest, because I had never heard that take. And to hear that there's so many <laughs> interpretations of this verse over the years. So I began to look at it, and we find the word take here, to take the name of the Lord, is from the Hebrew word nasah. You could look that up in your Strong's Concordance. It's H5375. And it literally means to lift up, to bear, or to carry. It's used in the Old Testament of men bearing a sword or taking a sword. It's used in Numbers chapter 14, talking about the children of Israel bearing their sin for 40 years in the wilderness. It's talked about in 1 Samuel 14 of the armor bearer of Jonathan bearing his armor or carrying his armor or taking his armor. Uh, one way you could illustrate it is in the hymn, Take the Name of Jesus With You. Take the name of Jesus with you. So we are carrying his name. It's more than just the use or misuse of it. It's that you actually bear the name. Just as a wife takes a husband's name in marriage. When my wife got 
we got married, she took my last name, and now she bears my name. And the Israelites carried the name of God, carried the name of Yahweh everywhere they went. The amazing thing about looking deeper into the, the, the biblical language here is it expands this commandment so much. It's more than just, hey, don't use God's name as a curse word. The idea is you carry his name with you everywhere you go. It is visible on you if you are a, you're a child of God. But also you look a little further and you look at this idea of bearing it or carrying it in vain. And in vain here the word is shaw. And it's H7723 if you want to look that up. And it literally means desolate, evil, ruined, deceptive, false, or lies. Uh, if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 5, we're given a second listing of the Ten Commandments for the children before they, they go in to, to take the Canaan land. And we're given the Ten Commandment, neither shalt thou bear false witness. False witness here, the word false is the same word for vain. And it, and it opens up this idea of carrying his name in a way that falsely represents him. So he's a holy God. Do we represent him in a holy way? He is a just God. Do we represent him in a just way? He's a gracious God. Do we represent him in a gracious way? Do we represent God fully portraying who he is in the proper way? I think the thing that really opens it up for me as I begin to study this word of, of bearing the name, of taking the name, is when you go to the book of Exodus in chapter 28. In Exodus chapters 25 to 40, you find detailed instructions given about the tabernacle. And that's a wonderful study in itself. In chapter 28, you're given instructions on the priestly garments. And when you look through verses 9 through 12, you find that on Aaron's garments, he had on each of his shoulders an onyx stone. And on each of those stones were carved or engraved six names on each of them for the twelve tribes of Israel. And in verse number 12, the same word for take here is used. And verse number 12 of Exodus 28 says, And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for memorial. He shall bear their names. The same word used for take the name of the Lord. That same word, Nassau. So Aaron is bearing their names, but it, it's used another time. When you look further down in Exodus chapter 28, and you look at verse 15, the Bible says this, And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment. So the breastplate that is used, we find that mentioned here in chapter 28. Verse 29 of the same chapter says, And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart. We find there's 12 stones on that breastplate, four rows of three stones, each stone engraved one name of the children of Israel. And it says here that he will bear the names and he will bear them over his heart. It goes on to say, he will bear them uh, when he goeth into the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Then it says in verse 30 at the very end, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. So he is bearing their names upon his shoulders. And I believe this picture is for us. It's a picture of salvation. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ bearing our cross. And it says that he is bearing their names upon his heart. I think this picture is for us identification. Each name of the tribe of Israel engraved upon one of those stones. 
the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth, he identified as man. He identified. He thirsted. He hungered. He faced temptation. He faced everything we faced as man, and he did so without sin. He identified with us. And he bore our judgment. Now keep in mind, every part of the tabernacle, from the furniture to the buildings to the coverings to the, to the priestly garments to the duties carried out, are picturing some part of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let that be lost on us. So we find here he's bearing our names. He's bearing our judgment. How does he do that? He does it continually. Just as Christ's work is a continuing work, 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And we are given the responsibility to bear his name. The children of Israel had that responsibility, and today, as a child of God, we have the same responsibility. It's amazing, uh, as you study the words of Scripture, and you just dive in, how the Lord can open up something like that. Now, it's amazing because you, you who are listening to this, and many of you are preachers, and you're preaching regularly. You're preaching many times a week, many of you. And it's amazing the things that God can send your way that... He uses to, to spark an idea and to spark a thought and to give you a verse or to give you a phrase or to give you a word, and you, you preach on that. So after I heard this podcast, I began thinking about these things, and I wanted to study it out to make sure that it was really there in Scripture. And God gave me an opportunity in my, in my pastor's absence to preach on a Sunday morning. So last Sunday morning, a week ago, as you're listening to this, I preached, and I preached on this idea, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So I'm going to take that message and I'm going to put it as a bonus episode. I'm not going to include it on this episode. It's a bonus episode that I'll put up right after this one. You can listen to the whole thing if you like. I've given it to you in a condensed form here, of course. But you can listen to that whole the whole thing there. And keep in mind, it's a Sunday morning. So I am speaking to saved people and lost people, and I'm seeking to give an invitation and draw a net. So you, you have that in there. And, and, you know, as we study the Bible, there should be some element of running to the cross and know that we're responsible for men's souls. And, you know, we're speaking to people. They, they don't know about the tabernacle. They haven't studied it out. They don't know about those things. So you, you have to spell many of those things out. You have to give rudimentary things. And I seek to do that in the message. You may want to listen to that. I think it's something worth um, at least considering. And it was a joy to teach it. I really enjoyed it. And, by the way, one other thing. You will notice that on the Bible Project podcast that it was a woman that uh, Carmen Imes is a lady that has a Ph.D. in Old Testament studies. And you say, well, is there a place for women in seminary? And I'll say this. I think there is a place. I don't think we'll see most people in seminary, uh, women in seminary. But I think that God has given some women particular gifts, and they can exercise those through teaching, not preaching, not pastoring, but through teaching, and God can use them. And uh, I think she brings out a great point in the podcast uh, that you heard portions of today. So thank you for listening today. Just a, a biblical studies example, looking at a word in Scripture and what it can really open up to us. But thanks for listening to the Seminary Support Podcast. And if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe. I want you to know every time an episode goes up, every Thursday morning you're getting those. It really means a lot if you have not left a review that you do that on uh, Apple Podcast if you listen there. Of course, we can be found on every major podcast player. We're now available on Amazon Music, Amazon Podcast, so that's up there as well. Share today's episode with someone who might find it helpful. 
You can find me at Mark McElreath Jr. on Twitter, and you can find all the episodes at www.seminarysupport.com. Please send me your episode ideas or your feedback to the seminary podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can send me a voice message uh, through the link that's provided in the show notes. I want to put some of those together and have a question and answer episode coming up sometime in the future. I'm your host, Mark McElreath, and remember, nothing will ever take the place of learning from the Lord Jesus Christ. He calls out, learn of me, and there's an open invitation to that classroom for all of us.